The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. Hey, I like it that they mentioned my Twitter as well. I mean, you're first, but Ed, I, they got my Twitter as well. That's cool. Well, duh. Uh, welcome to well, the Hawkeye Huddle. Twitter that I, I know. I, 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 of mine. I, I, well, sometimes my stuff kind of gets skipped over. You never. That's inter- because you're a repeater. Uh, okay, I'm a I'm a repeater. Retweeter. A retweeter. I do retweet. Prairie Jake Creighton Jr. with you here at the Hawkeye Huddle. G Biggs in West Des Moines. Come on out and join us for the next hour. We are down here. It's uh, steak night as usual on Tuesday evenings. You can come right up and. When we get off the air, have a little chat with us, or in between that, we're, we're, well, that we're, would be exciting for them. Now, wouldn't it? well, we, we <laughs> when we are on commercial break or whatever, we don't need the discussions as have happened from time to time while we're trying to do the show. But. I'm okay if Wayne wants to come over and talk to me. I want to talk back to him. When but. My, when, when my friend uh, Tim was here two weeks ago. He's like, you know, you don't think about it when you're listening on in the car, but. There is a possibility people are interrupting you when you're doing the show from a bar. And I'm like, yeah, there is. Anyway, um, we appreciate uh, everybody coming out to, to watch the show. So please uh, join us here at GMIX tonight and uh, the rest of the football and basketball season. We're going to talk just a little basketball here as the Hawks had media day last week. But we obviously got to start off with Iowa's loss to Penn State on Saturday night. Full crowd at Kinnick, 17-12. to 12, uh, Puts the Hawks at 4-2 and two on the year. 1-2 and two in the Big Ten. Still ranked number 22 in the country. Uh, the pollsters still realizing Iowa's two losses are two ranked football teams. They got Purdue this Saturday at 11 a.m. And I the brought other, in. The other option is that those pollsters work for Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Who knows? You never know. <laughs> they would be telling some stories then about uh, about uh, their suppression, their their pollster suppression due to uh, anyway. Right. Anyway. Um, I, I think I brought in to you what you you were surprised to find as a as a fresh perspective out of me. You were. It was. It still I, is. I, it, so you feel free to share. Well, maybe everybody needs to just sort of take a step back, and chill. All right. Iowa has lost. Was it two. Aaron Rodgers who said, "Relax"? <laughs> well, that might have he might have been one of them. I, I'm, so I Tom Kinkert has got you off the ledge he, more he than does, once. He has. And in this case, he would be totally right. I would not be on the edge about this. I mean, I, I'm upset, obviously. I would win 26 possessions without scoring a touchdown. It's it's tough to, to watch. I get that. But let's just look at the fact that, number one, these are two good football teams. And don't give me this crap about Michigan being bad. Michigan's not bad. They were ahead 28-0. to zero. People, I mean, I just keep hearing, well, Michigan's not any good. I mean, Michigan had a bad game against Wisconsin. That's it. That, that's it. Okay. Ar- the Army. Oh, no, Army last year took Oklahoma to a double OT in Norman. Somehow Oklahoma was in the college football playoffs. Okay. Don't just, just – so that's a good football team. Penn State's a good they football are team. They Army. Yeah. Right. Exactly. My point is, these are two decent football teams. Iowa was in within one score. They had chances to win these football games. And, oh, by the way, Vegas had Iowa as a 7.5 win over under this year. I went with the 8, which is an over. You went I with thought, the 10. I thought you went under. I went 8. Okay. I did go 8. My excuse for 8 and my reasoning for so, 8 was So, I, I, if they run the table, I'm correct. That's right. My excuse for eight, my thought for eight, and I told you, is that I think Nate Stanley, while a capable quarterback, is not the kind of guy that can transcend poor offensive line play. 
and I thought they were going to struggle in the middle of the line because you have a freshman center. I, and, and this oh, is what's listen to you, Nostradamus. No, 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 Post haste. I did not believe injuries would destroy them the way they have because with Cole Bamwork going down and Kyler Schott, who both have the capability of playing in that guard spot. Now they've had to shoot, shift Mark Kallenberger over there, who, by the way, is a tackle and played his first game there the other night. So it, so it, I, had a, I had a thought. Do you put Kallenberger at tackle and move Tristan Wirfs to uh, guard? Occurred to, it's written right Did you read my sheet? Do you think I can read that? No, I don't. I, so, uh, it's I a great idea. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting idea because uh, you got to plug that hole somehow. I don't think they do for this game because, number one, Purdue's defense is pretty bad. And number two, I think they really would rather try this experiment and see if Kallenberger can really learn the position. Unfortunately, you don't well, have a lot of time. Well, he has four days. Right. I mean, and what happened the other night, that one big play, the, the fumble that uh, that Tyler Goodson had, uh, Linderbaum went, went to the left, shifted with everybody else, and Kallenberger blocked down to the right. That was the wrong wrong move. Direction. Guy shoots through for Penn State. You know, and in gets the sixteen before years, he gets the ball, but the, it happens, right? In the sixteen years that we have done this hockey huddle, and for those of you who've listened for that thank entire you. period thank of time, you. we thank you so very much. Can't believe you're still awake, Kevin Driscoll yeah. in yeah. Indiana, yeah. amongst uh, yeah. George Seibert here in Des Moines, and a few others. Um, probably all of our sons. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Trey, Matthew, and Andrew. Um. Anyway, other than, other than those seven people, um, we have we have talked about the chore- choreography of the Iowa offensive line when, and when it works right and when it works well, and and the synchronicity that happens with them um, when they're all doing it properly and and they all move at the same time. They go down those chips. They get into the second level. They destroy people, and our running backs really aren't touched. Until two, three, four, five yards down down the road. For the last, I don't know, it seems to me, four years? 2016, 2017, 20, so now we're in the fourth season. We haven't been able to get that together. Part of it's been injuries. Part of it's been rotation. We have, we have, we have a redshirt freshman playing center who played defense last year and moved to this position in March. We have... Guys who are trying like crazy to do it right, playing guard. The Paulson Twins, a variety of others who've been in there, who've now been hurt been and doing whatever. There's a reason those guys didn't play when they were freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and now they're forced into duty, into duty here as seniors. We got All-American potential uh, at tackles. We lost two NFL tight ends who were excellent blockers. And and all of a sudden, your running game kind of goes down the pisser because, you know what? If you're going to run a zone, watch the NFL and watch teams that run a zone blocking scheme and how well it works. It doesn't. Watch Baltimore run the football. Watch other teams run the football when, when in the NFL. When it's done correctly. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's a dance, and it's beautiful to watch. Right. So here, uh, and we've talked about it for years. Oh, absolutely. So I want to blow your mind with something. Oh, dude, do not go Vulcan on me. My and, mouth. and or that Zombie Land Two, which I don't really fully uh, I understand. Didn't really see that. Now, well, don't, don't forget to let me preach real quickly before we get to the break about chilling. But so I was listening, um, brushing up on my Hawkeye speak, 
<laughs> I, on Tuesdays when I go on my run in the morning and do my little workout in the morning, I dial up our friend John Miller and Steve Dace. And, you know, Steve and I go back a long ways. When he right, was right. a stringer for the Des Moines Menace, I, I think was he doing still play blocks play. me on Twitter on yeah. his own personal account. But, uh, um, I never got that. I mean, what was I, and, what do I say? And so they, John brought up a stat that blew Steve out of the water. And as he's, I was like, I guess he's right. And I... I since in the 21, do you know how many times in the 21 years that Kirk Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz has been the coach for 21 years. What's Iowa's offensive identity in 21 years? Offensive line. And running the football, establishing right. the yes. run, right? You realize we've only finished in the top 49, so it's not the top, it's the top 49. Broken the top 49 of rushing statistics mm-hmm. twice. Really? We're av- our average over that time is somewhere in the 80s, the lower half of college football. So Iowa's identity of a, as an offense is to run the football, and we're not good at it and have not been good at it except for a handful of years. And so, it, it is, and so when you go back and you start looking at it, now let's go back and, and here's who was your, uh, your buddy that showed up at the tailgate the other day, his friend. Pat Springer? I, yes. So Pat says, while we're waiting for you to come back to the car, Brian Ferentz is a terrible, terrible offensive coordinator. I'm like, it's not his fault, right? But now that I look and start to analyze it, since Brian Ferentz became, number one, since he became the offensive coordinator, uh, Greg Davis and, and both Greg Davis and Ken O'Keefe had scored more points. And, and... In big games, he's got a horrible record. We have we have had we have scored less than two touchdowns. I believe it's something like in our in our games against teams with plus five hundred records, we're scoring more than two touchdowns like in twenty five percent of the games. Something is amiss. It's a miss. It's a miss when the um, talent level becomes tilted the other direction. With with maybe two or three exceptions. Ohio State when you beat them fifty five. That was one of the one that you could point when, to when you when you beat. I don't know. You probably make a case that Mississippi State last year in the bowl game had better talent. You beat them, but we got sixty nine yards total. Well, like, what's like wrong with that number? <laughs> My I mean, point. good lord! Yeah, I mean, yeah, only seventy two. Okay. I suppose 70, would be a little bit better. Bit. You know, but. I'm, at the uh, end of the day, yeah, no, I get you, it. You know what I'm saying? That we, we're rushing for less than 100 yards against every good defense we play, and that's that. How many do we have against good. Iowa State? I don't know. I'm asking. Uh, we got over 100, didn't we? Just it get felt over, like it felt like. I heard did. another stat last night. It's something like in the last in the last 10 years, Iowa is 44 and one when they run for 100 yards, and yeah. they're they're um, they're one and eight, and or with, one with the one exception being. being I don't even remember. Yeah. It was uh, the bowl game. Yes, the bowl game. They, it, it, in other words, the only time they've won a game when they didn't run for 100 yards it was the bowl game. It, 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 that, that might be off a little bit, but that's the whole. That's the gist of it. They run for 100 yards, they win, period. They it, run less it, than 100 it, it, yards, so they the, don't. So the theory is that Iowa produces great offensive linemen that go into the, into the NFL. But because yet, they're trained for an NFL system, but, but they're not trained to play but, college football. No, no, they're trained to play college football, but they don't have five other guys on their line who are also trained to play NFL football. And thus, they then, with one exception, 2002, when all five of those guys all, really, all yes. went into Absolute, the NFL absolutely. and played. 
And that was one of those Fred years Russell. Where, they, where they averaged. They were the number. I think they were eighteen and number eighteen in the country. Well, that was now. the year they were like twenty five eighteen passing, twenty five sixteen so, running. So let me ask you this: Do you think Kirk Ferentz, when he goes in and he's recruiting offensive linemen to the parents and the kids, says, "Hey, listen, we are going to teach you this system that's going to be that's going to get you more ready for the NFL than any other system, and the techniques will get you more ready for the NFL than anywhere else in the country." We may not win. We we may not win 10, 11, 12 football games. That's the goal. I don't believe. But our I don't, goal is I to develop. No, our goal is to develop. You here. really think that's what he goes and sells? I guarantee you, think to you that Louisiana Monroe coach walks in down on the bayou and, and says that know, he says that boy. You know what he says? We're gonna win ten games. I guarantee you, we're gonna win ten games. And it's just one of these seasons, and I, you're going to be a part of that. I just wonder. And that is exactly the conversation. There's no coach that walks in any recruit okay. who goes, um, by the way, we're going to win two-thirds of our football games no, the entire time you're going to be there. It's not the way Come you on. do it. But what I would say is that you would No, no, in, he's going to say, going look, recruiting, saying, you're, you're an offensive you lineman. NFL, you're an right? offensive. So what, I'm going to change this dramatically. What does Fran McCaffrey say to Xavier? Xavier Foster. Foster. What does he say to him? I get one guy ready for the NBA. <laughs> That's. Uh, it's, I mean, really, is that what he's selling? Uh, no. Or is he selling, you come, you're the one thing we plug in mm. that makes a difference, that turns us from a 22-win game or a 22-win team to a 28-team win, where instead of being a 10 seed, we're a 3, and we could be by Northwestern but State. But you understand the question I'm asking you, right? Uh, the yes. question I'm asking you is, is Kirk Ferentz, Selling no. ability he built goes, on he sending goes, guys to the if NFL. You look at, no, he isn't. He goes or is those, it built on winning? He goes to those kids. Who, look at where are those kids from? They're from Iowa. Most of them. Not, so, not all of them. Okay, the Paulson Iowa, twins Illinois, are from Iowa. Wisconsin, Tyler yeah, Lindemann's yeah. from Sullen. Uh, Werfs is from freaking Mount Vernon. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Larry Jansen, yeah. he gets out of Detroit or yeah. the Michigan area. I mean, there are. Calabon's from, from Bettendorf. Like 40 guys. Shots have, from Pella. Yeah. These guys are all Iowa kids who want to come there and learn how to play offensive line for Kirk Ferentz. The only thing he seems to be able to for sure do is prepare them because they, they all get shots at the NFL. Did you watch? I Okay, this is. We yes, got, we did. Mar, yes. Marshall Yanda the other day absolutely who, killed some guy. Who may be, maybe, he's a Hall of Fame player, by the way. I don't know. Yes, he is. Oh, we're not going to get a preach. All right, here's my preach. Everybody. Just stop with the vitriol. Let the kids play football. If they go 7-5, and five, then you can really complain. It's two losses. We'll be back. We'll talk to Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com. We come back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back in the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you here. G-Migs in West Des Moines. We're going to try and turn us up a little bit so those yeah. here at G-Migs can, can wave at us and tell us that woo, they can hear us. Hopefully people can hear us. Maybe not. Nobody's waving. You can turn my headphones down a little bit, though. Why would I want to do that now that we're so no, loud? No, that other, no. Oh, there you go. So, um, no, not that far. That was me. Okay, there you go. No, wait, well, I wish fine. I almost wish we could just keep recording our our conversation off the air because we just continue on and it was it was actually you got my point. It was, out of no, this. it was probably better than everything we ever put on it, the air. It, all right, it was you got my. It point does out include this, uh, a few so, foul language yeah. and some minor words. No big deal. Uh, I, I just think that Kirk Ferentz, one of the selling points he has, 
and it, it, well, it well, drives people nuts. Let's bring this up as we segue right. into the Tom uh, Cakert segment. Let's do it. In fact, let's propose this to Tom. Tom Cakert of HawkeyeReport.com joins us now. Good afternoon, Tom. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Surprisingly, Tom, we've already referred to you because I'm not on the ledge. You don't have to talk me off. Okay. I thought maybe you you were feeding Joe Lenardi information this week because he had oh my God. Iowa listed with a bad non-conference schedule. Now, no, I did, no, I, I do have, that is on my list to I'm talk ac- about later. I'm yeah. actually going to br- I'm going to blame Trent on on I didn't, that. I promise no, it wasn't Trent, me. I think Trent is fine with the schedule this year. So, well, the, yeah. so I think I think right. Lenardi yes. is just being stupid with this one. Well, for Iowa fans who didn't see this, so in basketball, they, they have this incredibly hard non-conference schedule, except for all the bad teams they scheduled. The soft ones are all quad four teams coming so, into the year. So, so Lenardi quad Joe, four. Uh, it's like two eighty and over. Like okay. so, it's gonna all hurt. Right. You, it's gonna hurt your your uh, your net. All right, right. Was, but the yeah. other side of the net is gonna be so heavily weighted with heavyweights. It should even out this year. But Lenardi did put them down as a bad. They had screwed themselves schedule wise, and so I, that was funny, Tom, that you bring that up because I was gonna I was gonna go there a little bit later. But that's not where we're going. I, I, we, we were talking about it for football. In as you look at Iowa and the program and the identity that they have, the identity that they have of being a good defensive football team and a team that likes a balanced offense and running the football, but for a team that runs the football a lot, they certainly haven't really been very good at it for a while. And so then the question no. becomes, are they, are, they, are they more, is Iowa's identity less of that and more, at least in coaching circles, that they are a team that is able to teach and coach kids how to play in the NFL because they continue with a system that is more built for the NFL, that is more built to have five or six really good offensive linemen playing together when they can't possibly continue to do that every year. And so what you end up with is disjointed games from time to time, injuries really hurting you in the offensive line, I mean, their identity is good. They teach kids how to play in the NFL, but they're not running the football for the last five years worth a darn. Yeah, you could say that, um, but they, you know, they they did have two thousand yard rushers a few years back with Akram and Sean. Um, I don't think they have to run great. I think they just have to run effectively, and um, they just haven't done. I, I think. Iowa fans just, they look back to 2002 and think every year should look like that from a running standpoint. And that's just, gonna, that's just kind of a, you know, the, the, uh, a unicorn type year. And the rest of the years have just been, you know, some years kind of ugly and then some years kind of good. And you, know, you have Sean Green or an Akram Wadley that can make things happen. Um, I, I think Iowa's identity is more that they're a, a, a pro-style team that's that's balanced. That's not one of these, you know, Washington State throw it seventy-five times a game, and they're not going to be Army or Navy that just runs the ball seventy times a game. They're they're in the in between, um, just kind of being an effective team that can do multiple things. And I think the other identity is they just don't beat themselves. In the last two weeks, they have literally beaten themselves. 
with no turnovers. Question. Minus turnovers, five turnovers. Bunch of penalties at at Michigan. Um, just uncharacteristic things. Now your opponent has something to do with that because they go out and they make the plays. Um, but I would just can't afford to make uncharacteristic mistakes, and they need to get points. I think they've had what ten drives get inside the uh, uh, the opponent's forty in the last two games, and you know they've scored what fifteen points. I mean, right. that's just not going to win you many football games. Not to mention the fact we haven't had a two-point conversion in four years. Has it been that long? Since Greg Davis. Uh, um, Iowa is 13 for 13 in the red zone so far this year, so they get a few field goals out of the well, goal, so that's good. How but, about we know. be at 33 for 33? Uh, well, it's, it's a good point. And, and some of this, which is odd, and I don't know how much of this has to do with Nico Regani or what's going on, but... Boy, they keep having a lot of balls from the opposite team's punter dropping somewhere inside the 10-yard line. I mean, it's to the point where it's like, it's spooky. This goes back to the angry era. Rutgers? There's really nothing you can do about that, though. If the guy punts it inside the 10 and it just dies there, it's not like you're you're taught not to catch it. Just let it go. So, So the guy behind me, who, by the way, Tom knows everything, just ask him. Yes, he'll tell you. Nico doesn't catch the ball, a hit on the four. And he goes, why aren't you catching that? I turn around and look at him. I said, you want him really to catch the ball on the four? I mean, it's about a 50-50 chance that thing bounces into the end zone. The fact yeah. this one didn't. I mean, you know, the expectation. And, and this is an interesting, an interesting thing, and I heard this today, and it had to do with officiating. Is that what the... The instant replay that's around, the expectation is perfection when it comes to officiating. And I have this feeling that there is a portion of Tom's website, of our fan base, and of Twitter that believes that Iowa should play perfect literally every single play, every single down. Tom, do you get that feeling? I mean, you read your board better than I do. Absolutely. I mean, it's it, it is that um, it doesn't matter who the opponent is; they should play perfect. And guess what? The other team has scholarship players too, who are pretty really good. good ones. And let's not forget that Iowa went into the last two games as underdogs. They were expected yes. to lose yes. these games. Right now, is it yes. frustrating to watch when you know that they could probably have? won both of those games you, you bet it is it's, it's frustrating to watch for from a Especially fan perspective <laughs> but the reality is michigan and penn state both have very talented rosters and they want to win those games too and it's just you can't forget that and i know the fan just fans uh, tend to overlook that uh you know because they're just focused on their own team and that's that goes on everywhere um uh, but it's it's the nature of being a fan um but those other teams are uh, they've got scholarship players a lot of them are really good players and they want to win and uh um the one team's going to end up with a win the other's going to end up with a loss and it's tough that i was had this two-game losing streak and you know the doom and gloom is back after 11 months of of pretty much <laughs> 
bliss for Iowa fans. They haven't oh. not lost in, since early November last Open year. Joy. But that's um, right. Um, you know, that's I, I think. I'll, but now it's you got to fire everybody, and fairness fatigue is back. It's just it's it's a little well, bit of an irrational overreaction to two football games, in my opinion. Oh, there's no question; it's irrational, absolutely a hundred percent. Well, and and sometimes, and this is where I've gotten in the last couple of weeks where I've, I've stopped tweeting because I, I feel like my responsibility as sort of a media member is to point Your out media? kind of what's, well, kind of is to kind of point out what's going on. Tom's but now all media. I feel like I'm doing is just feeding negativity to people, so I've stopped doing that because at the end of the day, I, I just I, I I'm with you, Tom. I I think there's a there's an over expectation. Not that we shouldn't strive for excellence as a, as a program, and Iowa shouldn't expect Iowa fans shouldn't expect some some form of perfection. But holy cow, when did, when this is important to me? But when did it become so important that people are basically losing their minds on the radio after a ball game? You know, I just I, I've I've kind of lost track of some of this. And by the way. We have six games left that Iowa could win all of them or most of them. Well, they're going to be nine and three or they're, ten go, and two they're going or? to be favored, in my opinion, in at least four of them. With let's say Minnesota's maybe a pick, and they're going to be two touchdown underdogs at Wisconsin. I, I, I think that's I about happen right, to look at the um, uh, Elite Sportsbook uh, on their app has the. You can bet on any of these Iowa games right now the rest of the year. They have a line for all of them. And um, right now, Iowa's favored in, in all the games except for the Wisconsin game where there are nine-and-a-half-point dogs up in Madison. But they're favored by, like, I think uh, seven or eight points against Minnesota right now in wow. Kinnick. Well, I can tell you when this line came out this week, and it was 18 I about fell off my chair. I was like, wow. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. So, well, if you, you, know, you I, saw my tweet, I put up the Star Wars, uh, it's a trap. Because <laughs> the, the, that line just stinks to high heaven. It, 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 prob- <laughs> it probably does, but I still think it's a win. I mean, was I that the general that was a catfish? I think it it's be. a trap. It, it might be. Well, you know, I think you make a great point. I, I, I and I, so you know, I went eight and four at the beginning of the year. If they did do this, they go nine and three, which is better, right? And and I'm not sure what Iowa fans. I just know Iowa. I, everybody wants to go I, back to Indianapolis. I know we all do. It was so fun. It was a great day. Might not happen. Might be. A I great had year. I had Iowa at four and two at this point in the year with losses yeah. to Iowa State and Michigan. So I missed yes, one did. and. Uh, yes, missed did. two games. I, I thought they'd beat uh, Penn State this year, and I I thought they would uh, lose to Iowa State. So I got those two wrong. But um, you know, four and two is just I I just don't know where all this suddenness came from. Is I keep seeing these people saying, "Well, this was the year and the grand expectations," and I'm like, "Who is saying this?" I I know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't I think this happens saying, when you have a senior oh, quarterback. I think that's the reason. Well, and Tom, we'll finish that thought because we were both talking about this off the air. There is some feeling, and I, I felt it last year, there was NFL talent, a bunch of it that left early for the NFL, and there is some on this team, and then you start feeling like you're losing opportunities to have better seasons, but that's about the only way I could go with that. I want to shift to basketball recruiting because this actually is happening right now, and we, we rarely catch it as it's going on. 
But right now, with uh, with things kind of developing the way they are, a bunch of kids in in this last week for official visits. Some sort of strange things going on with a couple of them. Now, Xavier Foster, the kid out of Oski, sounds like he's deciding on uh, the 11th of November. Where you're reporting, things feel really pretty solid with him, right? I, I, well, I think it's solid for Iowa or Iowa State. I, I think it's a coin flip. Um, I um, exchanged some messages with his dad. Xavier doesn't like to do a lot of interviews, and he's just sort of, um, you know, going dark at this point with, with his recruitment, and he's not going to give you a whole lot anyway. And he basically said, um, you know, uh, the, the only schools he expects that'll that might come in between now and uh, when Xavier's going to make his decision are Iowa and Iowa State, and he's going to maybe try and get to a game at each place before he makes his decision. Um, you know, one of the basketball games just go on a kind of an unofficial and just uh, hang out and watch game. So it, it's, you know, true coin flip, I think, between the two schools. So the other kid that was in this... You know, that, isn't this the first time Prohm's really gone after an in-state guy? That's a good Pretty question. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think this might be the only one. And so, though, so if you look at him, by the way, uh, Xavier continues to get thicker and taller. Been, well, he's seven foot now, but on top of that, he's not a skinny. He's not a pole anymore, right? And the kid can shoot too. So. Yeah, he's filling out a little yeah, bit more. I saw him in May, and he was filling out a little bit. Yeah, it's it's enough to where you uh, you just start to realize he'll have a Big Ten body, right? Um, so this <laughs> Josh, like Bo Derek, <laughs> this Josh Agundale. So he yep. came in on, on Saturday, correct? He was there. Um, yep. It sounded like he had the greatest visit of all time, maybe halfway committed, and then today came out with additional schools on his list. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where people got to be halfway committed, other than okay. people okay. put you know, projections that he was going to go to Iowa that they could change tomorrow. Um, and I think that got people all charged up. But I, I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, I, I think he, you know, he's going to take a visit to Cincinnati next week, and you know, Rutgers and Virginia Tech continue to stay in the race. So we'll see what he decides. But I, I didn't get the, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Okay. I guess people are getting out over their skis again a little bit. They got everybody charged up last night that the commitment was imminent, and then he puts out a top five. <laughs> Six nine two fifty five for that kid. He he's a bit like. A lot like us. <laughs> well, I'm sick. Uh, I'm not six. I'm five nine, <laughs> five nine, two sixty five. So, and the other, so the other uh, news on this uh, on this weekend was the offer to Tony Perkins out of Indianapolis, uh, yeah. a relatively new kid to the Iowa scene. Sounds like they've uh, um, finally made a decision against DJ Gordon. So, you've, oh, real quick, Tom, before we go to break, fill us in on Tony Perkins. We're gonna lose him. I think so. All right. Thanks, Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Hawkeye Huddle at 1700, the champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here to wrap things up here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. G-Migs in West Des Moines. I want to thank them as our great sponsors this year, of course. 
and our friends at Kozlowski Law, along with the Foundry. We'll get to the Foundry last call here in just a little bit uh, as we uh, pick uh, what we think will happen coming up here this weekend against Purdue. I want to mention real quickly, let's finish up the, uh, the we could not get to with Tom Kicker. So Tony Perkins is a kid out of Indianapolis, a no-star kid, but a kid who's starting to make an A. He'll be a two-star or whatever. Iowa offered him the other day, and we'll Football see. player? No, he's a basketball player. Fifty oh. percent right now on the board. Isn't is, isn't there a good chance that we should maybe try and get no star kids? Well, so what Xavier we, Foster, Drake? Xavier Foster, is pegged in at a fifty fifty with Iowa State. The jo, uh, Jabari Sibley is a four star kid out of New York, right? It's between Iowa and Georgetown. Maybe Syracuse sneaking in there now. They're still about a fifty fifty. And then those are two four stars. Who would and go to G- Syracuse with Jim Beheim being one hundred nine years old? Probably not going to happen. And they're slow playing him, too. So it's basically Iowa and Georgetown. Agundale and this Tony Perkins kid, no stars. And it's uh, still So 50, you get 50. nine stars with four. Is that right, average exactly. out of two and a quarter? Two and a quarter. It'd be good. Anyway, so that's who they're recruiting right now for the upcoming year to go along with Aaron Eulis, who has already committed. And we'll see. I, I feel really good about the Foster kid. I really do. I, I, I think that's going to happen. So we'll see. Um, well, cannot feel, get out of here. You feel way better than I do. But. Well, I cannot get out of here without mentioning the catch by Brandon Smith the other night that pulled Iowa to within 17 to 12. After, and I want to give Iowa fans credit. Not that many people left. What would you guess? Fifteen percent. Yeah. Not normally at that point, I would have thought a quarter to thirty percent of the stadium, but maybe fifteen percent. Hook them. Maybe fifteen percent left, but uh, but there were still a lot of people, and the loud reaction out of the crowd. I mean, it was a fabulous catch, and we were just saying, when have you? When can you think of a better catch? for a touchdown by an Iowa receiver in Kinnick. Dallas Clark against Purdue. Well, he went 90 yards. That wasn't a better catch. No, I was talking about the one to win the game. Uh, um, okay. Boy, that's a really good you question. You mentioned Ed Hinkle, at, but that was at Penn State. and He had one at Penn State and one at Michigan that were diving layout catches, but they were not in Kinnick. Great catches at Kinnick. Isn't that interesting? I'm certain that... There's been some nice catches and run. Uh, was it? Uh, Maybe we need some tweets on that. Add Hawkeye Brand- Hello or add Brandon Hawkeye Smith too. in the Iowa State game. Yes, he made a very nice one last year. Absolutely. Um, without question, wonderful yeah. football game. It did. It wasn't as tough as this. I, no, it wasn't as tough. Um, Smith Marsh said darn near against Michigan, caught one off a dude's back. Didn't catch it, but almost did. Almost did. Ah, uh, boy, that's a good question. Let's recognize it. it was a fabulous catch, and we we got to give him credit for that. It, it, it was great, and for those of you who stayed, <laughs> unlike, your, bu- unlike I your buddies, uh, I got out to the car, and I'm like, well, you missed it. I and, they, and they said, well, like, what catch? I'm like, you missed one of the better catches in Iowa football history. Well, right? and, you know, the, here's the deal. Leave the stadium, but stand so you can watch. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, it's You paid to go watch the game. Anyway, so. I had a great time with your friends. They were so fun to tailgate with, and telling stories about you that I did not know, which is something because I know everything yeah, about the, you. Oh, these are high school stories. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, the great Ray Monahan, the great Patrick Springer, uh, head football <laughs> coach at the uh, Mount San Jacinto in uh, As who that Palm was? Springs, okay. uh, basketball coach, athletic director. Yep. yep. Uh, Ringer never saw. 
he thought an inbound pass was an assist when he was about 14 <laughs> years old. He's learned the value mm. of defense, and he's really done a great job out there, and he's a great friend. He and, he and I and Ray are, I mean, talk about buddies. I mean, the kind that you don't see forever, and they, yeah, you and walk, then, they yes. walk back into your house, and yep. you're like, well. I, I, so I, I just say yesterday, yeah. right? All my this is these are my fraternity guys, my guy. You know, my, right. Tim Wells shows up the other day, right? Jack Same Stanford. thing. Right? You know, Jack Stanford, who grew up knowing you, became one of my buddies in college. Who knew, right? Right. So um, let's move on a little bit to Purdue. We want to talk about. There was some news today in the fact that it sounds like they they're scheming and practicing now that they got uh, Riley Moss back. Are you saying we're Hankins scheming? Bank, we may should see we be the cash. Quiet about well, we this? should be. We may play the cash quite a bit this weekend, which is a really good idea considering putting uh, Neiman on a wide receiver consistently is is a bad idea. He, he The kid's okay, but it's... was the uh, yeah. linebacker that oh, covered that, the dude in the Iowa State game. And he just had trouble with it, right? I mean, well, it was, it, impossible. It was impossible. So it sounds like today they acknowledge, okay, they've been practicing this quite a bit. Hankins... And then what they'll do is they'll move Ojemudia to the cash position to, to guard oh, whoever. Oh, you really and think Moss, that's what they're doing? Moss will go to the corner. Why don't, Moss well, what's back. wrong with DJ Johnson at the cash? In leaving OJ, OJ uh, I would still suspect what you would do is you would have DJ Johnson and Moss changing in and out or Hankins moving over. Sounds like they're not really sure. What about that, Geno Stone at cash? No, they want him at safety. And well, they should. Yeah. So what about Jack Kerner at Cash and bringing and back Mer- Merriweather? Merriweather. Back in? Well, I think these are experiments that they've had. And my guess is this: they, they, so what they want with the Cash? Jack Kerner. Jack Kerner played in the Hoosiers. Yeah, on the basketball. I remember. Team. I know the boys were on the the Hoosiers with him. I know. When they, what age was that? Where they were? Where they were? Seventh grade, sixth grade, twelve, thirteen. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was telling everybody. I was t- just talking to my buddy up in I Minneapolis. About Alan Lazard play, catching that touchdown last night. I coached played, him in the little played league. little league for you. I know. Um, anyway, so the cash is is in play this week, and it'll be in play quite a bit because Purdue doesn't do much of running the football. I think you pointed out sixty-seven yards a game. Right, it's just not a thing. And they've only defensively, I think they've held teams under thirty twice this last week, and they did do it against Maryland, uh, who's been up and down and, and everywhere. But Maryland's but, quarterback yeah. was out, so. Purdue is not a particularly good defensive football team. So we, we do have that to play into this. And, and I, I think, obviously, Iowa has an opportunity to kind of get itself righted in a number of different, different ways. The question is, do you make changes now? In terms of where? I, well, this is my question. Just, let me finish the question. Okay. Do you make changes now? for down the road, things you need to do down the road? And would it be, like you said, shifting... Uh, AJ or Werfs inside and putting Kallenberger in one of the tackle spots. Do you do something like that now so you can play the rest of the year that way? Much like they did when they put in James Daniels as a uh, as a freshman at center at, up at Northwestern just out of nowhere. Was of, it a you know, center or a guard? Well, they inserted him at guard and then he moved over to center. Yes. That's right. They inserted him and and because they wanted to find a place to play, they moved. The, they kicked somebody else out to the to the That's side. What you know. Said. But. Do you, do you do something like that in a week where you theoretically should be able to move the football, or do you go ahead and just go back to the basics and try to get what you are doing right? No, right I, I, I don't think you make that change. I think you what you're going to do is you're going to coach Kallenberger up and say this is how you play guard. Brian Ferentz claims you can go to come and go. Kallenberger's a big recruit, by the way. And Callen, or Brian Ferentz claims you can go to come and go and find a guard. Okay? <laughs> so 
If Kallenberger is a big recruit and a big dude, then teach him to play guard this week. One of the Paulson twins is doing an okay job. Not a great job, an okay job. Kyler Shot won't be back until um, November. November 9th. Yes. That's Wisconsin. <laughs> Which is a good time to get him back, but you won't get him back until then, right? Well, you got... Uh, and Van Wert's done for the year. Done for the year. <sighs> well, it happens. It's football. Seems to happen to that kid a lot. I feel terrible for him. but well, yeah. Sometimes you have brittle bones. <laughs> there is a syndrome... It was a really good movie too. That bro, that broken movie, or the Samuel L. Jackson. Never mind. Anyway, I was looking at you as if I did not understand. You did not see that movie, and I do not know. No, so you're right. I don't think you do it either. I think they go forward with this, and they try to teach Jack Kallenberger how to be a guard, and I think they do that moving right now, um, and they're fine. But it's just it's just a thought. Well, so uh, here's down- what I would rather see. I would rather see Nate Stanley not hesitate and throw the freaking football when he. Is supposed to. Last week, six different times, he stopped throwing the football. What's the double pump? I don't understand. The double pump before the interception was... He had two guys wide open. He double pumps. Well, and he, over he, double, he double pumps on the slant pass for a touchdown. For a touchdown, yes. And thus, the pass yes. is uh, yes. half yard late, that, yeah, half way, yard behind. Way, way and again, yes. against Penn State, in the on the four-yard line, uh, he makes not... A, a poor play. And this goes back to when you said, why do I think that he won't I know, transcend it? I I'm like, this is why. Because that's a touchdown He's that you gonna be have a career to have for all the time. A career practice squad quarterback in the NFL because he's 6'5", 240, and can zing it. Him and Kyle McCann. To no one. All right, time now for our Foundry Last Call, brought foundry to you by the Foundry Distillery. The Foundry Distillery. I'm telling you, we should go over there and have a drink right now. Well, that sounds like a great idea. So here's here's this. Well, they have foundry here. It's they the, do. I think it's in the well. Yeah, but have you been into their little? I have. Room? It's not it's open. Nice. It's not open on until Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, then we should just drink it here. Okay. Exactly. I'm and okay. and uh, just for the record, if you can find it out in the retail spots, it's three or four dollars cheaper than Tito's made here in Iowa. Oh, it's, and it's good. It's good stuff, too. It's delicious. Scotty Bush will be on uh, with us, uh, with the me, Nebraska the 26th game. of the – Yes. Of the, yes. Uh, before the Nebraska game, and you'll be on vacation, and, and we'll talk all about the foundry. And uh, the, I believe he said it's the, loud, the, the largest production still in the United States. Okay. Andy Griffith would be – and Barney Fife would be having a party, having found that still. So right. we lost last week, so there's no reason not right. to go back to the form where you go first. All right, so I'm going to take the Hawks this week. I believe they're going to win, but I do not, I would not, with any confidence, lay 18 points. If the Hawks win this 34-24, if they win this 31-21, if they win this 35-17, to you're right on the number. Don't lay it. Take Iowa. I think they're going to win. I believe that Iowa is a better football team than Purdue. Purdue is injured. They're beat up. Their best players are out. I'm taking the Hawks. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the 31-21. 31-21. Yeah. So 34-21. How's each, that? In each of the last two weeks, I've let my heart get the better part of me and I, gone. I did not last week, did I? I know you did. You were right, and I. I kind of was there. You saw me on Saturday. We sat there on Saturday, and you said, "What's wrong?" I said. I know. We're going to lose. I've never seen you so despondent. Yes. Hurry. We're winning, obviously, this week. I I agree. It's not going to be 18. I don't think Iowa scores that much. They still struggle. Uh, 24 to 14. Their defense is still awesome. 
All right. Join us next week after a Hawkeye victory on the Hawkeye Huddle. 1700, the champ.